We go beyond the news. We are. You're listening to Radio Now 95.3 FM. I'm Ungazi Oluku and this is The Big Story. Our guest this evening is the Honourable Minister of Works and Housing, two-time Governor of Lagos, former Minister of Power, Works and Housing, Babatunde Raji Fashola. You're welcome to the show, sir. We'll be speaking about the HDMI and this is the Highway Development and Management Initiative concession plan by the government. Good evening, sir, and welcome to The Big Story. Good evening and thank you for having me on your program. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, sir, let's get straight into it. We're speaking um, regarding the Highway Development and Management Initiative. Uh, this plan has been put in place by the government and your ministry, of course. So uh, I want to know, why did the government settle in using the HDMI as a strategy for basically helping to develop roads across the country? Well, there are a couple of reasons, uh, many of them already in the public place. Our government uh, took office at a time when the country's major source of revenue, uh, price of oil, had dropped significantly, and there was a crying need to bridge the infrastructure gap. Mm. At the moment, we have 13,000 kilometers of road under repair, reconstruction, or rehabilitation. And uh, you heard the debate also about borrowing, but we have to fix the roads. People's lives and livelihoods depend upon it. And we continue to look for better ways, not just to fund the completion of roads, but to uh, keep them in a uh, good state of repair and sustainable maintenance over time. So there's so many factors here, apart from the... Uh, lack of funding, sufficient funding. There is also the need to bring uh, private sector management expertise, capital into it. There's also the need to support some businesses who whose uh, entrepreneurial uh, aspirations depend on what happens on the road. You're looking at tolling, which is something. Mm. You're looking at towing vehicles. You're looking at advertising. They're looking at the rest houses. So you have some of these rest houses already existing, but perhaps not at the quality and at the, at the, at the, at the uh, level you want it to be. So if you are traveling from Lagos to, to Ibadan, for example, there's a place just before Shagamu where people park to eat. Uh, the toilet in there, the toilet and sanitary conditions are not the best. So why can't we have modern rest houses? There is... Uh, overloading of trucks and there are no way bridges. Those are commercial activities that private sector can conveniently do. There are potholes developing on roads and mm. it's important to make the point, roads are depreciating assets. From the day you build them, they start to depreciate once you are using them. So to keep them in good repair, instead of having government employ more people, why can't we give this responsibility to private sector that will boost their, their participation to boost their income, help to contribute to employment and wealth creation. So there's a lot of things. Uh, there are uh, towing vehicle services. You see those tow vehicles, old uh, 4x4 vehicles, welded with some things. Why can't they buy new new vehicles if they could access credit? 
So these are some of the things that the HDMI seeks to address, to bring large commercial capacity to road management. There's also advertising there. So Ministry of Works gives advertisement rights to one contractor, uh, in one section, and so on and so forth. Why can't we have one large consortium made up of those with adverts, those who want to do rest houses, those who want to do ambulance services, those who want to do tolling, those who want to run tow vehicles, and so on, in one company. And then management is hopefully going to be easier and more efficient. Now, speaking about um, the tolling, now coming off the back of the the hashtag NSAS protest, the issue of tolled roads have come up again with some Nigerians believing that it's sort of a way that the government uh, enables so-called connected Nigerians to make some more money. How would you respond to this criticism? Well, I think that if you use the Lagos toll gate experience, uh, most of the information that Nigerians are unhappy with is largely false about who owns what and all of that. But assuming, just for the sake of assumption, and I don't say that is the case, mm. just for the sake of assumption, that that was true. What about the people working at the toll plaza? Are they not Nigerians who, by that activity, then get a job and can wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to work? So, but that is not the case here. What we intend to do here, as you will see, hopefully you will follow the process, is to advertise. Uh, we've had webinars with over a thousand people participating just to open up to the Nigerian public, just to hear what they want to say. This was coordinated with the Lagos Business School. Uh, we've worked with KPMG, another reputable organization, local and international, who have brought businessmen that had a 162 uh, 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 businesses and uh, institutions from within and outside Nigeria discussing the possibilities of investment in this asset. So we're talking about foreign direct investment in Nigeria. This is one opportunity for it. Most as we also want to see local investment in that area of Nigerian life. Okay, I also want to ask, how exactly um, will this work? What are the mechanics? Like, um, how do you determine or how does the ministry determine, for example, which roads would fall under these initiatives and which ones wouldn't? Okay, what... The roads that we have for now not included, and I say for now, mm. is Lagos Ibadan Expressway, Second Niger Bridge, and the Abuja Kanu Road. And those that is because those roads already have some level of investment from uh, government, and we're expecting some more investments from private sector through the Nigerian Sovereign Investment Authority to come into it. So because they already have pre-earlier uh, uh, stakes there, it would be unfair without more just to say, okay, put everything open. But the roads that we're looking at, we're looking at 24 routes to start, and uh, we're starting with 12. Uh, what we have done is to ensure that at least every geopolitical zone has one or two out of mm. those 12. Let's see what the market can take. We've heard about PPPs, people like you, just give it to private sector. So what this does also is to test the appetite of the private sector on 12 routes, representing 1,963 kilometers 
out of the 35,000 kilometers. So what we are offering is 5.6% really of mm. the national road network, just 5.6% of 100. And uh, we're looking to see, our estimate is that the investment required will be about a trillion naira, and the jobs it will create will be about 50,000 jobs directly, and indirectly, roughly about 200,000 jobs. Again, this speaks to the employment issue in the country. Mm. It speaks to lifting people out of poverty, as the president committed to on June 12, 2019. So the initiative ticks many boxes. It also helps us to test the market, to see really and truly if PPP can work as people think that they will. Now, there are some concerns or you know, among uh, citizens that this could be seen as some form of double taxation considering they pay taxes and then if the um, tolls return, it means they'd have to pay again. So is there any worry on the part of your ministry about that? Well, there, there, we're, we're looking at everything and there, there are two sides to this. There are some people who say they don't want a tool. There are quite a lot more people, in my own view, who say, toll this road and give us quality and we will pay. Because at the end of the day, when the road is bad, your travel time is reduced. You are idling in one place and burning fuel. And you are actually spending money, even though you are not paying cash out. Mm. You are actually not efficient with your fuel. So if you do the math, if a five-hour journey then takes you two hours, you will burn less for it, you will save money, and you are not necessarily paying more. Those are some of the considerations. Of course, the convenience on the road, too, is something we, we may not measure or value our convenience. But when we begin to experience it, you will see that perhaps that experience was worth paying for. So these, these are debates that we will have. But when the polling, polling policy is done, it will take cognizance of all of these considerations. If you look at almost all the 12 rules we are looking at, most, if not all of them, have alternatives. So people have a choice. Even the Lagos Toll to Plaza in Neki, there was a choice through the Oniru estate. And that is the global standard, really. When you toll in some places, you provide a choice. Sometimes it is unavoidable. It may be the only road. But when you look at the economics of the management of the road, it may well be worth your while and become cheaper to pay a little so that you can, you can have a more reliable asset. Now, from a financial perspective, um, how much could the government possibly save on the costs of developing or maintaining these roads? And um, where would the funds be uh, directed to once these savings are possibly and hopefully made? Well, we don't have, we are not spending all what we want to spend already. So the question of saving at this time doesn't Mm. even come up. There are many roads crying out. As I told you, we have 13,000 kilometers under repair, reconstruction, or rehabilitation at the moment. And we have payments due to contractors, some of whom have done their work, and we're still waiting to get funds to fix them. Now, we can't keep the lives of Nigerians waiting. So, and that is why we're looking at this option, touch wood, hope it works, and then it would, it would relieve us of the pressure of demand for funding along those places, but we still have uh, 94%, right? Mm. 30,000 more kilometers still to manage. As I told you, we're doing only 1,000 
about 33,000 actually left to manage, maybe 1,900 out of 35,000. So it's a very small uh, uh, sample that mm-hmm. we're working with. You're listening to The Big Story on Radio Now 95.3 FM. Our guest this evening is the Honourable Minister of Works and Housing, Babatunde Raji Fashola. Now, sir, back to you. In 2003, the toll taxes were stopped. And this was sort of, at the time, said to balance out the increase in the pump price of petrol. Now, if these tolls do return based on the plans, um, is there a system where citizens can enjoy other benefits in some form to sort of uh, mitigate for the extra cost that they would have to bear? Well, I think that it is at this stage very, very preemptive to begin to look at the tax benefits to citizens at this stage. It's not something that I would dismiss, but it's something that I think is further down the road. The first thing that I think is the quality of the road, the experience on the road. Can we move them to something like what we see in other countries and we want to experience at home? I, I think that must be the first thing. And this is to the quality of life, really, and truly. Mm-hmm. And of life achieved, you know, we can look at other things. Can we make it cheaper? Uh, can, we, can we make it better? Uh, you see, in life, when you solve one problem, you create a new problem. And when we get to that bridge, we will, we will clearly... Uh, address it uh, headlong and uh, with all of the uh, intellectual ego it deserves to deal with it. Mm. Now, if we look back at the privatization of the power sector, there was hope that uh, electricity supply would be greatly improved. Now, for most Nigerians, that has not really been the case. Now, how will these planned concessions of the highways um, differ from other projects in the past that might not have worked quite well for the average Nigerian? Well, again, as I said, there is this view out there uh, on many platforms that, oh, if you give it to private sector, it will work. We don't want to dismiss that view without testing it. Mm. So we want to test. Now, the private sector has done very well in some sectors. And uh, they've done very well with communication. They've done very well with broadcasting done very well with the newspapers. They've done well with banking. They're, they're challenged and are holding their own in, uh, in, uh, in uh, 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 aviation. But again, the question, the, the point to emphasize is that this is only private sector involvement in 5%. Mm. 5%. Now, the challenges that beset the private power privatization sector are things that are out there in the open, and I don't want to dwell into them. There are many. Uh, first, the process of picking was was a matter of great debate. Who won and who didn't win? We are not going to allow ourselves to be drawn into those kind of things. It's going to be an open and uh, uh, competitive process done on uh, the portals of the Infrastructure Concession Regulatory Agency. One of the other problems with the privatization of the discourse mm. was also that uh, it was reported that they did not have equity, their own money in the assets. So they were all working borrowed funds. This is going to be different in that sense because we expect every bidder to come with his own equity. 
We are also working with international finance organizations to see what kind of financing support in terms of debt that we can then support them with. For those who have their money, uh, that won't be necessary. So we just want to see what the market is saying. So this is as much as initiative as it is also a market sounding and survey. What is the market ready for? And let's be clear. Uh, some people have looked at this solely from a tolling angle. It's not just about toll. Those who are looking for just daily cash, I advise them, on any road you want to participate, go and do the traffic count. Mm. The traffic count in some cases is not as prolific as that. But there are other businesses that can make the entire initiative successful. For example, on our highway, we have 45 meters on either side of the center line, which is the middle. So we are giving real estate of 45 meters. So if you have 45 meters on one side and we have built maybe, let's say, 15 meters of a highway, three lanes or something, you still have 30 meters going off on one side, 30 meters on the other side. That's 60 meters across, hypothetically, let's say the road is 100 kilometers. Mm -hmm. So you have 60 meters on both sides. That is an opportunity for advertising. That's an opportunity for retail. That's an opportunity for so many op so many other entrepreneurial activities to happen. So it's not just about tools. We're looking at way bridges and warehouses. We've made regulations. People are abusing our roads by uh, overloading their trucks beyond the 45 tons allowed by the actual regulation. But if you over overweight, there must be a process to uh, offload you into dry and wet uh, warehouses, whether it's petrol, bitumen, or it is cocoa or timber. Mm. And that is business because we have also made regulations that if you overweight, you pay a certain penalty, but you also use the warehouse and you pay warehousing charges. So that can become business for people. Then you will pay transshipment costs for other transporters who have been deprived of the opportunity because you abuse your own by taking up what two trucks you take and putting it on one. Then I've talked about the rest houses, restaurants, uh, well filling stations. We're looking also at possibility for improving the quality of our agricultural experience. Across many parts of Nigeria's highway today, you see people selling maize, selling corn, selling vegetables, tomatoes, and people actually park by the roadside. It's dangerous in the first place. So we're looking at possibly farmhouses standing alone or standing with the rest houses where Mr. A can be the person in that concession uh, involved in agri. He can build a cold room mm -hmm. and become the guaranteed buyer for farmers. That reduces loss, post-harvest loss, potentially. And it also still guarantees income for a business that exists, but does it in a more efficient way. Okay, I, I need to ask, um, will there be, are there plans for any sort of a, a regulatory agency or body to sort of oversee the activities of these um, concessionaires or the private investors just to ensure... We already have, we, we already have, sorry to interrupt you. Yes. Please go ahead. Okay, Please and go. just to ensure that um, the Nigerian citizens are not taken advantage of once this is fully in effect and functioning. I think, first of all, that uh, it is unfair to our people to, uh, uh, in a blanket way, suggest that Nigerians generally want to take advantage of anything. There may be a few uh, bad eggs here and there, but mm. that is life. It, it, 
human behavior all over the world. It's nothing unique to Nigerians. And that is why institutions exist, as you mentioned. And we have the Infrastructure Concession Regulatory Commission. And I emphasize the word regulatory commission. Mm. We also have the Bureau of Public Enterprises, which is the agency of the uh, uh, National Council of Privatization. Those are the people statutorily mandated to ensure that concessions deliver on the object and purpose. Yes, there may be room for improvement in their management and administration and assessment of concessions, but they already exist. Mm. We're speaking with the Honourable Minister of Works and Housing, um, Mr. Babatunde Fashola. We're speaking with regards to the Highway Development and Management Initiative uh, based on the plans to concession highways. And uh, also we'll touch on other areas affecting the ministry and the Nigerians. Now, I want to ask, sir, how has the pandemic affected the operations of the ministry? Okay, before we go there, if you if you permit me to yes. just pivot back a little bit, mm. the Highway uh, Development Management Initiative has two tracks. Mm. One track is the value-added concession, and that is the one where we will concession a whole highway to you. We have already gazetted, as I told you, 24, but we are starting with 12, some covering different distances. But there are other roads that are not going to be concession. But there are still commercial assets there mm -hmm. that can be put to the private sector, not as big as an entire concession of a highway. Mm -hmm. We call that track the unbundled asset approver. So some of the things that may be commercially viable on that highway, it may not be viable for toll, may be viable for a way bridge, may be viable for a rest house, it may be viable for advertising right mm. those that is another track for people who want to play and again we're going to bring this in terms of covid first of all as uh, a member of government uh, who is involved in making regulations about how to defeat the virus mm. and how to keep people safe uh, i am bound and so are staff of the ministry and our contractors bound to observe the guidelines by the NCDC. One of the ways that we have been impacted is that we have had to manage and reduce, in some cases, the number of personnel on site uh, at a time. So we are encouraging rotational working so that nobody is left behind from earning a living. But the other way is that it has increased the cost of operation in terms of buying sanitizers, protective equipment, and employing uh, people to clean more regularly than we used to mm. because drivers and operators, machine operators have to work certain hours and they have to change shifts. So before you touch the steering, before you touch the rail, somebody has to re-sanitize mm. when there's a change of shift and this is adding to cost. Right. Now, um, we live in a society which is very diverse and it's a beautiful thing, but... Um some parts of some people from certain parts of the country have alleged that they are being marginalized by the government. Now, how does your ministry decide which projects in which areas according uh, um, across Nigeria are actually implemented on its schedule? Okay, my answer is that before this administration, 
there were allegations or reports of abandoned projects uh, across Nigeria. In fact, the previous administration set up, uh, I think, a committee to investigate, and they gave a report running mm-hmm. in 2000. But as I say, sometimes we can be imprecise with our word. Uh, abandonment of a project really means to forsake and turn your back on the project. But the reality is that those projects were not forsaken. Government just didn't spend money. We were making $100 per barrel of oil, but we were not putting it to infrastructure. So budgets were not funded. So, for example, when I took office in 2018, the Ministry of Works had 18, uh, 2015, sorry, the Ministry of Works had a budget for 18 billion for all of Nigeria's rules. Mm. It was not going to happen. In that same year when I left Lagos, the budget for rules in Lagos was 70 billion, and it wasn't enough. So just imagine, and, and Lagos State does not have 35,000 kilometers of rules. So those are the projects the president said, as much as possible, finish ongoing pro- projects. So almost 95 or more percent of the roads we executed are the roads we inherited on unfunded and on 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 executed. So to that extent, there is no state in Nigeria where we are not executing at least one road, not one state. In some places it's 10, in some places it's 15, but again, the resources are not enough. So the case of marginalization cannot be made on route. In fact, the Federal Character Commission, which... Hello? Are you still there? Yes, yes. Okay, the Federal Character Commission, which has part of the responsibility to ensure equal access and equal distribution, continues to give the Ministry of Works and Housing a pass mark. If we go to a housing site, there is no state we have left behind. Even those states that did not give us uh, uh, land for the National Housing Project, are benefiting from other projects, either through the Federal Mortgage Bank or through the Federal Housing Authority. So uh, the case that can only be made that is not enough, but that nobody has been, the case that anybody has been left behind cannot be legitimately made or fairly made. Okay, so we're almost out of time. But I have one final question. Does your ministry have any possible plans um, to work with other agencies on rehabilitation of roads, such as the East-West Road? The East-West Road is under the Ministry of Niger Delta, not under Mm. the Ministry of Works. Mm. But at every time that they have asked us for uh, technical support, we provide it. But it was never a road that was in my ministry when I took office. I don't know about what happened before then, but the responsibility of the Ministry of Niger Delta. And just for the information of the public, I have taught that route. And when I tell people that over 70% of that route has been completed, the stand mouth again. But that is the truth. And we have sent things that back there over and over, and they have come to confirm what I'm saying. The places where the roads cannot be completed are the places leading into Bayelsa, where there was militancy at one time, and then the parts of the road going into Oron and a few parts that had deteriorated and needed to be repaired. But the Ministry of Niger Delta is now is now on top of that. Other than that, we use FEMA, which is our ministry's data, to do routine maintenance mm. across the country. And even under the 2020 budget, FEMA awarded, I think, 
492 maintenance contracts across all the statistics, and they are all being executed at different levels. All right. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister, for joining us on The Big Story this evening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it on The Big Story. Our guest was the Honourable Minister of Works and Housing, two-time Governor of Lagos, former Minister of Power, Works and Housing, Babatunde Raji Fashola. This is Radio Now, 95.3 FM. I'm Ungozi Oluku.